All right, welcome, 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 Austin rugby fans, Gilgroniacs worldwide, uh, the millions and millions of you that listen to the podcast. I am Dustin Zare. That's Alex Reese. Man, another great week for AG Rugby. Man, it's just another great week for rugby in Austin. Period. Right? Like, oh yeah. Man, we're we we went to NOLA. We had everybody and their brother was predicting NOLA to, and there were some score predictions that people said they were going to trounce us by 20, by 17, by 18. Please, if you listen to the podcast, you know Alex Reese and I, we always have pretty, well, if I say always, we, we're, we're one for three on our predictions uh, ish, ish or so, one, one, one or two of our predictions. Um, but man, we went down to NOLA, pulled out a resounding victory, 18-15 to the AGs. Alex, man, what was it? You know, wh- where were you watching the match from? Um, and and what were your uh, kind of thoughts, man? Let's let's dive right into I, it. I was actually up in uh, Dallas with the Austin Valkyries helping coach while they were just cleaning up the, mopping up the whole tournament. Um, <laughs> they ended up winning every game and it was like i don't know like 29 tries and then they Ooh. gave up one try on the final play of the tournament so it was oh, pretty how good dare they come on Val. yeah let's get with <laughs> it man um but yeah they they dominated um and i was out there just kind of trying to watch it on my phone um from the sidelines um <laughs> and then uh, yeah and then um was able to actually sit down and watch it in its entirety the next yeah. day, but I, I knew what had happened and kind of, uh, well, it, kept, it was kept updated with the score as it, was it happened. All, it was all over social media. That's for sure. Um, you know, if you didn't watch the match, you know, for the vast majority of the match, you really didn't miss much. Uh, right. It will, we'll be honest. It was a bit ugly, uh, but an ugly win is still a win nonetheless. So we'll right. take that where we can get it. You know, so the AG we've had enough ugly pretty losses yeah you know good looking losses that it feels good to get a, an ugly win ugly <laughs> well I, I i'll tell you what and and this is kind of one of the big things that i've touched upon with with others is that throughout the entire season right austin has been so close and we have Kind of even into 2019, you talk about the number of games that we lost that 2000, you know, yeah. 2020, you know, for the shortened season, the games that we lost minus kind of like Toronto at home and the San Diego matches in 2019, they were all super close matches. And we're always just on the cusp of, you know, seven points, five points, three points. I mean, one point. I mean, come right. on. It's always, it's just always something. So I can tell you that to come out with a win when it's a close match and to actually come from behind when we had given up the lead, you know, we had the lead right. for 65, 70, 65 minutes of the match until uh, actually for 70, something 75 minutes of the match, 74 yeah. minutes of the match until they scored uh, you know, their second try and, and we're sitting there going, okay, well, man, we just gave it up again. Can we right. go back down and actually win the close one? And we did. Um, so d- diving right into it, you know, obviously the game started off, you know, really well for us. Six minutes in, um, a, a knock on and a very just kind of strange play overall from NOLA, which was kind of the running theme of the day for NOLA. Um, they just yeah. couldn't get anything together. We'll get into that in a minute. But 
you know, Mac Mason picked up the ball and just took off and all Enola's players just stood still. Like nothing was going right. on. They stood still. He took off for probably about 55 meters, had one defender to beat and tossed it off to Paley Cali, who, you know, tapped it down for the try. And then of course, you know, Mac had the conversion on that one. So that was, you know, a great start to the match. I mean, really yeah. a dream start to the match. <laughs> you couldn't have asked for anything better that way. Um, and then wow. to go in and then have another penalty goal, have two more penalty goals, um, which, you know, put it, you know, you're sitting there at halftime going, all right, 10, 10, three at half. Yeah. 10, three, 10, three at halftime. And then it was 13, three and she's going, okay, like, man, this is, this is happening. Like we're, we're playing right. well. Um, I think it was, you know, for the first half for me, I, you know, everybody kind of attributes like Nola had just kept knocking the ball on it, You can't neglect and disregard Austin's like massive defensive push. Like our defense yeah. is solid. And the fact of the matter was we were always, we were at the gain line every single time and we were pushing them back two to three meters as we have been all season. So that that's, that's yeah. my thought yours. Well, I, yeah, I think that you and I have discussed a number of times, like, I think, you know, we've had quite a few injuries just throughout the season. And of course, every team picks up injuries, but I think like one of the key aspects of, you know, professional rugby, especially when you don't have, you know, as deep of teams as like a Leinster or Crusaders, I think a really important thing is to be able to adapt and evolve as injuries happen. Yeah. And I think that we're doing a really nice job of leaning into the things that we can be good at with uh, the number of injuries we have, which is we still have a lot of guys that can kick the ball um, from hand and yeah. we, we do well with our territorial kicking. Well, we haven't lost that. And we've had an opportunity to put guys in that are real tackling machines Um like a Don Bailey, for instance, I think that we're He's doing been all over the pitch and, yeah. and wasn't, and wasn't a, a game one starter. I mean, we were out for a while out Don McKenna and, and Mo Abdallah is still out with injury. Neither, and, and neither was Michael DeWall and um, heck even Jake Turnbull had, hadn't started yet this year, but, but he, guys put, he puts in, the, he put in the work though in the 18 minutes he was getting any of the one match. He had like uh, 68 meters in, in 16 right? minutes. I mean, yeah, we're getting we're we're getting a lot of, um, what's the word like? We're we're maximizing what we have right now, and I think we're doing a pretty good job of it. Like, there's still a lot of room for us to improve. Oh, yeah. I think with maybe just our continuity and our, um, you know, just our chemistry, I guess, um, linking up more than one off rugby. Yeah, but. But like I said, we're leaning into our defense and our territorial kicking game really well. And in the last three weeks, we've given up, what, 14 plus 15 points. So 29 points in the last three games. That's pretty, that's pretty good uh, turnaround from that week one where we gave up 30. And I yeah. think that commitment on the defensive side of the ball is, gonna, is what's going to keep us winning games throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, you know, that that attacking that defense that we talked about is is really, I want to say for the most part, is, is 
dictating the style of the play for our opponents, right? Like San Diego, right. because of that pressure defense, they did not play the normal San Diego style play. Yeah, I know San Diego's been out with whatever, but we shut down Joe Peterson for the most part. We 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 shut down Sam Wuching. You know, they didn't really get good breakaway ball. Same with Houston. Houston couldn't get anything going. And you know, those who you know were like, oh well, Houston, you know, is just not a great team. You know. Look at what they did last week to San Diego. <laughs> like, yeah. like they went out and they they put points up on San Diego. Um, but you know, going into the match, Nola. I mean, you have one of the most, you know, one of the top attacking offenses in Major League Rugby, and basic and almost almost blanked them in the first half. Like that right. would have been like we've given up. Here, here's fun stat for you: in the first half of every single of the past three matches, we've given up three points. <laughs> <laughs> like that is a hell of a stat. Uh, that doesn't say anything about strong defense. I don't know what does. Um, granted, you know, in second second half, we tend to give up more points, which happens. But, you know, we've given up those three points, you know, this past week into NOLA, which really kind of, you know, was a last minute consolation points for a, a bad penalty call. Um, right. Anyway, you know, the match itself, obviously, for the most part, you look at the stats, you know, Nola kind of dominated possession. Like they had the ball 54% of the time. Um, you know, they didn't, they had 18 and a half attacking minutes. Austin only about 15 minutes of attacking. And, and when we had the ball and we were attacking, it wasn't, man, I still think that you're right. Like the linking up, like the injuries and what it may be and the constant changes in the back line. Um, I just had, I, I just, it's still, it's still quite not clicking. You know, we're not getting multiple phases. There's very few times where I think we go over seven, eight phases um, before something happens, you know, and I don't think that we're, we're getting the ball out wide. Like we, like we need yeah. to be. And, you know, it, it shows, right. Like Connor Mooneyham, 107 meters carried. Like he, he was just, when he got the ball, there was two times that he got the ball and just, made people look silly like just made yeah. a miss same with roderick waters like when when both of those get a chance to get hands on the ball you know there's there's an explosiveness that happens and connor and and uh rod are two completely different styles of wings right connor's gonna a little more elusive he's gonna juke and jive and rod's gonna run people over and that's he's gonna yeah. go looking for contact so i think those are you know that's kind of been a, a thing for us you you know that we as you said, we don't really have that right now. The linkage isn't really happening, you know, in that back line. Granted, we're getting a lot of ball in the forwards and some good crash ball. And every now and then we get a good, a good breakaway. Um, but again, we, we shot ourselves in the foot a couple, a few times inside the attacking 22 and continued to say, well, crap, like we could have taken maybe some more points, but lost the ball as, you know, and knock yeah. on a few meters away, like right at the end of the half. I'll, I'll I'll call this one out because at the end of the right at the end of the half we were pretty much on the front door like you know we were on we were on the two meter line and the ball kind of was in the back of the ruck and a Nola player kicked the ball back into an Austin player which is illegal uh, that you cannot do in rugby by the way yeah. um, inside the ruck you cannot kick the ball and the ref completely missed it. Um, so that was, that was a bit disappointing. Um, I thought we were, we were, I mean, we were attacking, we had numbers, we were, we were, we were punishing them. So anyway, I'm gonna get off my soapbox on the ref and I won't talk. I may talk about one more thing that the ref missed kind of, sort of, but we'll talk about that later. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> other, other, other thoughts that you have kind of on that, on the first half, you know, that, that first half performance is pretty good getting in the second half though. Um, you know, 
kind of we kind of broke down a little bit, I think. You know what's interesting to me is, um, you know, once again we won the the gain line battle. Like just looking at the stats here, we seventy three percent gain line, and they they had sixty seven percent meters. We actually outran them. Kick meters, we outkicked them. Yeah. Um, they had twenty three turnovers. That's pretty terrible. That's and yeah. That was we had, you. You got yeah. you got that to me. Like when, when yeah. you got that to me. Like yeah. Right. You know, I was I was getting ready to say twenty three turnovers. We had eighteen, which is also really terrible. Like yeah. In a match where you have what was it? I think set. I wanted to go back and look at set pieces. The total number of set pieces that were done. Um, I, I missed it. Yeah. But if you think think more about than, it, more than like two thirds of the game. Yeah. There were, I mean, if you look at uh, turnovers, so 23, yeah, that's, that's 51. I'm sorry, 40, 40, 41 turnovers in a match. I think there were, uh, let's see, I, I can pull it real, here real quick. Uh, set pieces, scrums, uh, there were 19 scrums. Oh, no, sorry, 23 total scrums, 23 total scrums. And <laughs> how many lineouts? Uh, 18 and 20. Oh, and 23 lineouts. So there were 46 set pieces in the match on Saturday. That's a lot of set pieces. That's a lot of four. That's not a game. That's not. That's not a game you you show to uh, people that haven't watched rugby before. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. Uh, I was going to say though. um, I think the, the biggest glaring, obviously glaring deficiency though is the 15 penalties, and Noah committed four. I think that, you know, we're lucky to get out of there with with a win. Uh, but I think that even having won the game, that's an area we like have to be. Yeah. You know, you got to like we got to take that trash out now before it starts really stinking and and we lose. Um, I think that um, sometimes stuff like that can go overlooked. I don't think that Mark and uh, Sam will. will let that slide though i think that yeah. that's just a that's, that's gonna lose you games. yeah it's in and it, it did against you know with the penalties and stuff and the knock-ons the ball handling errors that we had have, have hurt us right they they hurt us in right. the game against utah they hurt us in the game against san diego it's just yeah, a little bit of grease on the ball it seems like you know like it's not something that, yeah. that works well you know uh, obviously second half, you know, we go probably what 20 something minutes into the second half with, you know, we kick one penalty, uh, or, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, we, you know, had, had one, one penalty goal and, and really that was about it. Like it was, you know, at, at 13 at 13, three, the game was then stagnant. Like it was, pretty, yeah. it was pretty boring. Like I'm, I'm watching it going, okay come on some some something happened like you you had glimpses of you know something could happen and then a knock on it or a penalty or hands in the rock or something was happening um it, it was a little bit rough and then it felt like nola once uh younger was taken out i think um which him calling he roach numbnuts was one of the funniest things uh, yeah, <laughs> the vault the vulgarities of mlr numbnuts is that's what is that what we're reduced to now guys come on yeah um but hugh you know to all the credit, he, he, he was he was being being a little uh little salty <laughs> which, which i appreciate uh that's why i like having Hugh in there um he's prickly he's pretty he prickly i like that i like that in a he had a monster hit like go back there, there's a hit in the uh in the first half 
he absolutely laid out their seven. Um, uh, 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 Guerra, uh, I think it was Andy Guerra or Andrew Guerra. Uh, uh, yeah, la- I can't remember out. that one. I remember uh, actually when they scored late, Don Bailey absolutely <laughs> clattered. Yeah. Uh, some guy. Yeah, I don't know who. I remember seeing it. I'll go back and try to find it. We'll post it. But yeah, that's that was one of those things where, whew, man, that, like some big hits. I appreciate those big hits. Yeah. And good on you, Hugh. Good on you, Dom. Uh, McLean Jones had a pretty big hit too that I can't remember in the second half. Um, you know. Anyway, so Nola comes back once. Um, once Stevens kind of came in, the, you know the uh, the um, oh international scrum half from Namibia. Um, man, he, mm. he just, he kind of changed the game a little bit and he got him playing a little bit more looser yeah. and, you know, a, a tackle and an off a tackle offload that, uh, that Cam Dolan had gave an advantage, got him to swing out wide and basically yeah. you know, that and in an easy try kind of up the middle, um, put Nola in a position, you know, where we're, we're sitting there at, at, at 15 or at, uh, I just had a brain fart, uh, 15, 13 going, you know, oh, oh crap, here we go. Uh, we get a penalty in the 76 minute and eight, are able to kind of march down the field and yeah. did pretty well. I think one of the, one of the big things for me, you know, in those final plays as one, we had the line out, you know, you know, I know Mason cook came in, he had two kind of errant throws, you know, and it, and it happens. I mean, he's young. He's, you can't have it. You can't have a player of the, you know, an MLR player of the week match every week. Uh, and I think the line out throws kind of, kind of hurt him a little bit this week, but you know, they were able to corral the ball in, they were able to get it out wide. Finally, um, they got some space and we had a penalty right in front of the post. And then we had penalty advantage. And then the one thing that you, Alex Reese, hate more than anything else, the cross field kick. <laughs> All right. It was at least not, at least you didn't kick it from the five. It wasn't when we were five meters out. I, I, you know. I wanted to point that out uh, for, for those of you uh, listening and watching. Yeah. As soon as that happened in the match, I sent Alex yeah, a message. Me. I texted him and said, of all things to win the game on your least favorite thing. So Alex doesn't like the cross field kick. If he doesn't like it when it's five meters out, I agree with him on that one. Let me but- clarify. Yeah. Let me clarify. <laughs> I, I do play fly off and I do, I do like you do, doing you do cross field kick, cross field kick. I just don't love it when we're, when you're two meters away from the try line yeah. and then you do it. Um, but you know, well, I, here, Pick made an unbelievable grab on that because that was an awkward bounce. Yeah, it, it bounced. It was a short hop. You know, if you're a baseball player, yeah. it, short, it basically short hopped yeah. Roderick, and he able, was able to snag it and touch it down flawlessly. You know, right. and, and, and you know ahead. what I think is impressive too is he grabbed it with his hands instead of letting it come all the way into his body, yeah. which gave him the opportunity to dot it down instead of getting rolled out with it, not getting be able to get downward pressure or like landing exactly. out of bounds or whatever. Um, that was, yeah, that was a really awesome work from Rod. Yeah. Th- this week's gold glove award uh, goes to Rod. <laughs> 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 Another baseball reference, but yeah, so after I, I, five games of no tries last year, Roderick's got two and or no, what six, his first six games, no tries. And now he's got two in the last two games. Yeah. So I think, floodgates are open let's 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 hope that's true but yeah i you know i think you know all credit to mac mason one we were right people were like oh you know they would we wouldn't have got that they wouldn't have won like we were we had penalty advantage right in front of the yeah. we could have kicked yeah. like for three and one like 
Right. <laughs> um, it wouldn't have been an issue. Um, but you know, you got to give Mac Mason credit, man. Pinpoint accuracy. Like he, that was that was a peach, as they call it. That was a beautiful yeah. little slot down yeah. there. Um, so Rod tried it down. Conversion was no good at the end, but by that time, the uh, the horn had blown. It didn't matter. 18-15, AG's win. A um, couple things to note. Um, injuries. Uh, uh, Sebastian DeChavez went out in the 30 and the 20, yeah, that's 26th great. minute. Um, I have talked with Sebastian. He is doing all right. Hopefully, he's be, he'll yeah. be back this week, so that's good. Um, and then Christian Osberg went out, uh, you know, uh, the feel, the uh, the humidity down there just kind of got to people. So, um, you know, uh, Christian says that he's good too. So hopefully here soon he'll be, uh, he'll be back on. Um, and then coming, you know, we go into the week. I, I don't know if anybody else got injured in the match. Um, somebody almost got injured in the match, and that's Will McGee in that tackle, that, that clean right. out. Um, while I did make the post that says that was illegal, should have been yellow card, should at least have been a penalty for sure. Well, I said yellow card, could have been red. I did ask a couple referees um, who can be named, uh, remain anonymous. I did. There was quite a few referees, so it's like three or four. Uh, they <laughs> said some said uh, yes, it could have been yellow uh, on the clean out. Some said uh, technically he didn't go beyond uh, beyond horizontal, and I'm like, oh, pretty right. damn close. Um, you know, I looked at rule, you know, uh, ten point four J, whatever it is, uh, yeah. and, and and made the assessment, and it looked, and he came down on his on his on his head and his neck. I've seen it. I've seen it given for yellow. So in in super you know, and stuff, and it's it's scary. Yeah. You know, it reminded me of not not as bad. It reminded me of when it was like 2018. Uh, the U.S. played the Maori All Blacks, mm-hmm. and uh, Potty Potty Parkinson on the on Maori All Blacks lifted up John Davies and slammed him down onto his head and back. It was it was more malicious or not malicious, more aggressive than the one yeah. on Will McGee. Um, but you know, ultimately, I think that like from what I heard that. Sean Davies never really recovered from from, the from his that hit because yeah. it just kind of gave him, you know, spinal issues for the rest of his uh, playing career, which ended up ending relatively early. Yeah, for sure. It's only like twenty nine or thirty. Yeah, and it's it's just got to be careful. It's part of the game. The fact that nobody picked it up, right? And the fact that it did happen, and every, every ref that I said said it should have at least been a penalty. Period. Mm-hmm. Like uh, there was no question. Yellow, maybe, probably not red. Uh, we don't have a TMO, so we can't go back and look at it. But it's something that it's one of those situations, and it happened in other games this week too, where there were you know injuries, like the injury to uh, uh, was it uh, JP? Is it JP Elaw for Seattle that got hurt? I think no, JP no, Smith. Not, not JP Smith. Sorry, sorry. G- JP Eloff is the one who's injured for Nola. Alex, we're yeah, right. that's who I forgot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so J- JP Smith, like you know, he got that was that was dangerous play. Um, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox on that one. We won't worry about sure. it. We won. We're going. You know, first winning streak since 2018. So that's kind of exciting. Uh, that's two in a row for us. And big matchup this weekend with Rugby ATL. And, yeah. and you, you've got some vested interest in this, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Um, Little brother. Brian, yeah, he'll be he'll be coming into town. Um, <clears throat> probably yeah, coming in off the bench for, for ATL. Nice. Uh, I think, honestly, luckily, luckily for the AGs, he's not starting. I think um, 
That's it. He played. He, he played well last game. Yeah, he just they put him on a little. You know, they were already down twenty four seven when he came in and finished twenty seven seventeen. But you know, not enough. Not enough time. Yeah, no, it's it's good. You know, if you look at the at the leaderboard, basically, obviously the Guiltinis three and zero. They had a, they had a bye week. You know, two weeks ago in early bye week. It was <laughs> I was kind of surprised by that, but you know. They've got 15 points sitting second place overall in the entire league. None other than your very own AGs. Um, and, we could, and we could very, very easily be 4-0. Oh, absolutely. We could do, we could barely be, be 4-0 and we would be sitting atop the league right now with those points because we would bonus point, you know, uh, tries and the win in the first match would have put us, would put, would put us over the mark. Um, for put it at the mark. Uh, rugby ATL, you know, so obviously everybody, <clears throat> you know, Austin and Rugby ATL, both two and two on the season. I think one of the big things you look at points for, points against, you know, Rugby ATL, they've got a their point differentiation. They give up almost as much as they score, which is one of the reasons why they're two and two. Uh, I think for us, we've got about a twenty-four point differentiation, which is good. Um, you know, we we score more than we give up, but we don't. We've only given up fifty-nine points the entire year. Like. You know, that's yeah. um, who the free jacks are close. They've given up 63 and LA has given up 69. But, you know, I think it's one of those things where uh, out of all the teams, Austin has the most bonus points, which is great. Bonus points matter. Like, I don't care any points. Like, again, it's going to be a close season, right? It's not going to be, you know, I think as LA continues to play, they're going to get in more and more injuries. You're already starting to see it with Billy Meeks and some other people who are out. So I think it's going to be careful on that one. Um, you know, you, you look at overall attack and defense for Austin and, and Atlanta, uh, it's pretty even. We both average around 44 to 48% on possession. The territory is exactly the same. We both, you know, we tend to actually have more attacking minutes than Atlanta does, which is kind of surprising given the fact that we don't have a lot of minutes of, of attacking. Yeah. <laughs> um, defending minutes, Atlanta tends to defend a lot, which could bode well for us. If we can control the ball, control the play, you know, style of play, I think that it's one of those things where we could see more attacking in this match than we have in previous matches. Um, we still do have the number one defense in the league, but Atlanta is the number four defense in the league too. So that's something to be something to be. Yeah. Old, you know? uh, is, is any, anybody for Atlanta that you can think of that, you know, as far as who you kind of look at besides your brother uh, threats for Atlanta as, as we kind of move <clears> forward and, and people, we should kind of keep an eye out, you know, who we think may have a big game for us. Yeah, I mean, the a guy that's really coming on for Atlanta is Jason Dam. Yeah. He's started the year off on the bench, and then he's just was like a super impact sub. And then they actually started him against New York last week, and he had a great game. Um, and then I know, you know, I'm often they're, – they're definitely a defensive team. Yeah. Um, probably got one of the best organized line speeds – year in and year out of anybody in the league <clears throat> offensively um last year i think they were a little bit like creatively challenged and this year uh, i'm seeing a lot more out of them i just don't know i just don't, I'm not super familiar with their names but they there's a kiwi that plays fullback and sometimes plays um at 13 with a long name uh that's really really good just really uh, good line runner uh, and Batista I can't Escurza is one of them. Like Batista Escurza, I forget where he plays. Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna he's a, he's been playing fly half. Playing He'll fly probably half play half again, but he's a he's a center from the Jaguares. Yeah. 
Uh, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's kind good. of a hot. Head. He averages eighty-two, you know, meters per ball carry meters yeah. per match. So that's pretty pretty solid. And of course, about uh, about a line break a match. So it's again, that's one of those people you got to off. You know, you've got to tackle and yeah. make sure you tackle him because I think you know on here I, I the stats he was I was looking at stats and he's got about four and a half tackle breaks a match. And as a fly yeah. half, you cannot let a fly half get four or five tackles right. a match. Right. Um, I know you break about four or five tackles a match, but. <laughs> yeah, like four or five in a season. <laughs> What's that, four or five in a season? Oh, come on, Alex. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think for us, you know, if we if we continue to play our hard-nosed defense, it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be a good match. It's uh, it's the rock, the AGs. Rock the ages night. So that's kind of exciting, right? And we're going to you know, rock it out. So, um, you, if you go to the match and you dress up as your favorite 80s rocker, you get in free. Oh, come nice. on, man. Get, yeah, right. Get in, get in, get your, get your tickets for free if you dress <laughs> up. Um, one of the great things that is going on before the match um, is for the next, all the next four home matches, we're having youth flag rugby matches, man. That's, that's nice. really cool. Promoting the, promoting the sport. Even if your kids have never played, you can go out and, and play. That's awesome. Um, one big news that we do need to talk about the AGs, and I mean, do mean big news. Do you know what I'm referring to? <laughs> yeah, big man. Yeah, go, go for it. You, you want to you uh, give the announcement? Well, uh, <laughs> the eight cap uh, New Zealand all black second rower Isaac Ross going to be joining. Isaac. Finally, yeah, it? joining the team. There's been rumblings about him coming over since you know last summer, um, and now it's finally coming to fruition. And I think you know, in the same vein as Jamie McIntosh, you're bringing not only another excellent player, but almost another excellent coach uh, over to the team, which uh, is going to be invaluable for us moving forward. Yeah. And, and again, you know, you, you talk about him, he's you know, six, seven to 256 and him with Sebastian de Chavez, you know, somebody mo- said it on social media. They're like that second row for the AGs when they're all healthy, you know, you're six, eight, six, seven, six, seven, six, 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 and six, five. Yeah. <laughs> like, Crazy. like and, and then poor Michael DeWall when he's had to fill in at six foot six, one. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that in a little bit with Michael. So, um, but no, I think, you know, obviously Isaac Cross has so much experience. He's, he's a heck of a player. He's going to be good on the line out. He's been playing over in Japan. Um, you know, it's, it, it'll be good. I, I'm excited. I hope he gets man. I, I hope he starts. I hope he and Sebastian get a chance to, to, to lock down together. Um, and, and I think it's going to be, you know, again, with, with Cam Dodson and Regan O'Gorman and, and of course, Christian Osberg, you know, making sure that everybody's is healthy. It's that's a that's a powerhouse lineup. Uh, Regan played well yeah. last game, you know, coming in, you know, obviously, you know, for, for injury for Christian and Sebastian going out early in the game. You know, Regan and Michael DeWall both had a great game in second row. Yeah. Our, 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 we did not lose a scrum all all game. And that's that's phenomenal going up against one of that's one a really tight. Yeah, really going up against scrum. one of the best scrums in the league, period. So, yeah, um, yeah, there we go, man. It's, it's going to be an exciting weekend. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to chat with Mr. Michael DeWall. Stay tuned. Awesome rugby fans. You've got to be excited right now for the way the team's playing, the way that things are going. It is 
I, I tell everybody that's watching or listening that picked NOLA over at AAG's last week to kiss my you-know-what. Uh, we we joked around about it. You know, it's we played great. The team has been playing great, and it hasn't just been all of the seasoned veterans that have been playing great. We have countless number of rookies that have made their MLR debuts this year. You know, we talk about you know Mason Cook, obviously. We had him on the podcast, and we talked to him about you know coming straight out of Dartmouth and playing. We talked, you know, uh, we've got Cam Dodson, who we haven't had on the show yet, but we will for sure, who's got first cap in the first couple of games and then got injured. Obviously, Connor Mooneyham, who was on the show, you know, really enjoyed talking with him. Louis Satama, you know, they're all new players that have come in this year who are rookies, but we actually have one other rookie who has been putting in the minutes. And, we'll, <laughs> and when I say putting in the minutes, three games, 80 minutes, uh, maybe even like in the fourth game, I think maybe got in a little bit too. <laughs> or in the first game of the season, got in a little bit, but it's been constantly playing on the team. He actually joined the team last year, but unfortunately could not play because of injury. But we've been happy that he's been playing so far this season because he's been playing lights out. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Michael DeWall. Michael, what's going on, brother? Hey, Dustin, thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So you are... You're you're technically a rookie. You came here last yeah. year. You and you and Wes White came in, and you know from Lindenwood, uh, has a storied rugby program up there. You played 15s. You played sevens. Uh, you know you had a, actually. If we'd have had this MLR draft last season, um, I'm wondering where you would have gone in the draft. Where do you think you would have gone, man? Number one, number two. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to say it in the top few, but you there know, you know it, it's, it's a thing uh, <laughs> to be drafted. It's not something I'm used to. So, yeah. it's a, it's a new it's a new thing for rugby around the around the world. Yeah. It's not a uh, the draft is in is very American. It's very <laughs> it's very yeah. U.S. oriented. I think it adds a good a good vibe to to the <laughs> collegiate like aspects of of them are. Yeah, so. I think it gets I think it's people more excited about collegiate rugby yeah. now too. And so that that'll be really good. Well, we'll we'll get into talking about that, you know, let's kick it off right now, man. You've you've been putting in the minutes. Do you know how many uh, continuous minutes you've been on the pitch this season? So is it three um, three games and 80 minutes in each game so far? Yeah, and then 40 minutes in the first game. So <laughs> Okay, so that's 80 minutes. <sighs> Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk about soreness. Let's talk about, you know, muscle, any muscle fatigue. Uh, what do you got going on, man? How's um, how those, how those ice baths and recovery uh, boots working for you right now? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely helping. I think with the resources we get at the team, it's um, just making use of all of that. And definitely like after the game on a Sunday, we'll be struggling, um, especially after like a travel weekend, but yeah. um, getting through Tuesday is the hardest part, but then, it's downhill from there, just getting your body at 100% before the next game. Uh, feeling pretty good, so can't complain. <laughs> yes, we won't complain, especially with the number of injuries that we've had throughout the season so far. Uh, man, it's oh, it's been, yeah, but it's but I tell you what, um, you know, I can say this. You know, we had you, you filled in uh, not just you know you you play eight, you play mostly in the loose forwards, but. Because of the injury we had in the second row, and especially last week, you stepped in yeah. right away. You know, well, I guess first game of the season, you stepped in in second row, and you've got yourself, and then you've got the 
the towering monster that is Sebastian de Chavez packing down together. Um, what was that like? And had you practiced that in training <laughs> before the first time you actually had to, to, to pack down? <laughs> um, and initially, it was obviously a bit of a shock. It's not something I've really done before um, coming in here. Um, but I think with all that experience next year, it's pretty easy to learn. And then other than the scrums and everything like that, it's just playing playing the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sitting next to Sebastian and probably being a good head and a half taller than me. <laughs> um, it, it, it is a bit on the uncomfortable side, but I think um, having those great players around you that definitely does help yeah. making it a bit easier. And then obviously, you know, you talk about, you know, um, Past couple of weeks, you know, we've had kind of different combinations of loose forwards between uh, Mo and Dom and Domakina, and then you and Don Bailey and McLean Jones. Like the five of you, really have just been rotating around. It seems like, and yeah. you know, and forgive me if I'm blanking on if there's anybody else, but I'm pretty sure that's all the loose forwards uh, <laughs> that, that have been in there. But it's it, it seems as though you guys. Pretty interchangeable. Do you guys feel pretty comfortable, like slotting in? If you needed to, you know, if for some reason, you know, uh, you wanted to go play six and somebody else wanted to play eight, and you know, you wanted to, or you wanted to move to, you know, uh, to weak side. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like, how does that work out in practice? Like, is it something like coach just rotates everybody around? Like, you know, one person in, one person out. And you just rotate in a circle. Who gets to play each one of the positions? Um, is that really something you can really control? It's like injuries and something like that. So we do try to mix it around a bit, train in different spots, just um, if this happens or that happens. Um, just, but yeah, I think putting on the extra work of the field, just getting to know all those other roles that you should be able to play, um, definitely you, helps. Are you step, stepping at hooker at all on any right now, just in case? Like as oh, a no, <laughs> Come on, you, it's, it's, if you can pack pack down with Sebastian De Chavez, you could probably pack down next to Wapo and Patty Ryan, right? Yeah, maybe that might be the next move. Maybe know, the next right? move. Hey, you know, it's the more versatile the player, the more uh, you know, more dynamic and opportunity you get to play constantly. Another eighty minutes going up this season. So, <laughs> good stuff. They definitely in the back row, but um, um, I think with the team we have and just making sure we put the best foot forward every game. Um, yeah. like getting in there is I feel comfortable to do so. So nice. yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, so, you know, let's, let's kind of walk through your career. Um, you've, I, you're from South Africa, um, born and raised. When did you come over to the United States to, to start school? So I came here January 2017 to start, um, start at Lindenwood. Um, before that, well, I went to high school in Pretoria, um, Pretoria Woods High School, and then um, went to Stellenbosch University as well as played Western Province age group levels. Um, but then, yeah, 2017 came to Lindenwood, was there for three years until December 2019. Um, since then, moved every year. And yeah. yeah, it's kind of been all over the place, but <laughs> definitely, definitely been in the, or coming to the US has definitely been a big enjoyment of the sport. I think in South Africa, there's a lot of like external things that come into play, makes you not struggle to enjoy the game. Um, yeah, you can really see a love for the game, especially through all the rugby enthusiasts um there's really a big i would say a big 
like actually like a big support in that small community between yeah. all the supporters and it really makes you enjoy playing again or playing the game and being involved wherever you can yeah. nice what what was the draw i guess to to come to lindenwood you know obviously the united states you know 2017 we're, we're not really you know mlr is just yeah. about to kick off what was the draw to leave South Africa and come to a college in the United States to play rugby over here? Or was it for schooling to start off with and rugby was just an added benefit? Yeah, so I, I did, I wanted to like study and play at the same time. It's really tough in South Africa to do that or at least do the so at a higher level. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I kind of just dangled with the idea of maybe coming here to complete my studies and playing, uh, because I know I knew back then it was kind of starting off that, okay, there might be a league or the league might be growing with pro rugby and things like that. Um, and then when I, I applied to a couple of universities and got in, um, and then I think with Linwood being the, one of the better mm -hmm. rugby universities and <clears throat> with scholarships and everything included, it was definitely my best option to go to. Um, and with the degree I wanted to study as well. So, I think that kind of drew me and I was spoke to a couple of guys that I knew that already came to study here. Um, I don't know if you know, Nico Kruger was also went to my high school back home. Nice. Um, was so had a like family relationship with him. Um, and kind of spoke to him about that experience and he kind of he said it's, it's definitely not a mistake and he really enjoyed it so at least still here enjoying his life but yeah I think things like that made me decide I think it might be the right choice to come and explore the new horizons <laughs> yeah there you go so so you come to Lindenwood you play you know, obviously um you know you won accolades won there tournaments won trophies won um you know what was that like talk, talk to us about kind of your the team that you had at lindenwood why whilst you were there well uh, it, it was uh, i think um a lot of great athletes i think you can see a lot of them all over the mlr already um, uh, um great people too great friends of mine and uh, i think the university and the program and the coaches are really involved uh, I, I think you know josh mason and them are really interested in growing the sport especially um especially in the young community at in saint charles you see so many kids every year just increasing and just playing the game uh, but yeah, it was it was really fun, uh, winning, especially winning sevens tournaments more spe specifically. But um, pretty disappointed we didn't win more fifteens nationals. But <laughs> I didn't I didn't bring it in. That's why I said I just trophies <laughs> sevens fifteen. <laughs> but, but definitely was. Like, you got a couple um, big teams that you're going up against within the fifteens too. So yeah, that's a. <laughs> I do think we should, we had we had the the team and the personnel to win those nationals too. Just just didn't win the important games we needed to but it was yeah. it was a great experience yeah that's awesome and then obviously so you know you're talking about december 2019 um what's the what's the phone call who who, call, who calls you to say hey do you want to come down to austin texas and in, in the in the ridiculous heat um <laughs> to come down here and play some rugby for a living uh, um, so and initially it was I was up in Chicago over the summer of 20, 2019 um, 
uh, um, kind of spoke to Drew and taught them just of what the experience would be like. Yeah, obviously, then um, looking at the MLR, Austin was not the biggest interest because I obviously saw something, maybe things on my right down here, but it was definitely a place uh, I would wanted to move to compared yeah. to other teams. And I'm um, speaking to Drew and then they say they really wanted to make a difference. And initially it, it was a big step for me, but it was really a place I wanted to move down and um, just uh, really had nothing to lose and give it a try. So uh, it, was a, it was definitely a good choice to come here. Nice, nice. Well, that's, that's good. And then, you know, I, I, we we talked about it briefly before. You know, you yeah. and you and Wes White both came down. Obviously, you know, Wes went back and now playing. You know, in the in the uh, academy for the sevens team in South Africa. You know, was it yeah. what was it like cause to come come down here originally with you know like a buddy from high school, or a buddy from college to you know just to come play rugby and you know hang out together and enjoy Austin. Oh, um, yeah, it was definitely it definitely made things easier, or more of a better experience just coming down with the with a good friend. Um, um, you yeah, know, like Wes is a really great player, and it would have been would have been fun um, to just come here and play and enjoy the league um, with him. Um, obviously, it was personal things and everything changed for him to leave, but it was yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was still that short period of time. It was definitely like. A, just a great experience coming down. Yeah. And yeah. well, it's good. You know, it's, it's nice to hear. I mean, that's always fun. It, it was, however, unfortunate that in, was it a training and you, was it your, did you break your foot or what was the, what was the injury that you had that you were in a giant boot for, you know, <laughs> a great portion yeah. of the season? Uh, I told my list, Frank ligaments, it's just oh, yeah, like okay. a ligament holding the two bones together, which just could be pretty serious because it's, the blood flow is not very good there to actually regrow that ligament. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I, I went home for a surgery and the doctor there was really good and he um, knew quite a bit of this specific injury. And I was supposed to start playing like after, I think, the sixth week last year. Yeah. And, um, or I think you, you and Don Bailey both had like the same timeline. Like Dom was like the next week after and like you were like the week after that. So we would started seeing all you guys start coming on, but obviously uh, COVID hit. Uh, you yeah. just, you decide to stay, you know, what's uh, obviously, you know, coach Harris you know, gave you a call and said, here's what we're going to do. We want to see you part of the team. Um, talk to us a little bit about, you know, obviously you're South African. He's Australian. Yeah. There's always, you know, South African, Australia, New Zealand, all from the Tri Nations. Well, I guess the rugby championship with Argentina and stuff at the time. Uh, what was it like to say, oh, I'm going to go play for an Australian coach now? So he would have been like a Kiwi coach and an Australian coach. You know, what's that? <laughs> yeah, I think it was tough because you can't always trust an Australian. You, know? <laughs> you, you do uh, know Coach Harris listens regularly yeah. to the podcast. Uh, so just... <laughs> um, well, I, I think with. I know with me not playing last year and um, didn't really have much to go on and just backing me all the way. So, um, it was it was good to see that giving me the call and just um, just giving me the open idea of just being involved and doing everything I can. And so um, yeah, it definitely made it easy <laughs> just to. <laughs> Where I'm going, so um, yeah, definitely, de definitely, so far those Australians you can trust. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll make sure that he remembers that he remembers and knows that going forward. So, well, I, you know, I, I think you know this season it's been. I mean, 
honestly, for Austin fans, you you look at it and you look at the uh, you know look at the board and we're two and two. We yeah. that we've lost by a combined five points. Um, right? Yeah, five. I did the math right there. I think it's five. Yeah, five points. Um, something ridiculous low. You have the number one defense in the league. You are a major contributor to that as well. Tell us kind of how you're feeling about the season so far. How you feel about you know obviously the game coming up here uh, against Atlanta this weekend, and you know kind of the excitement going going around the stadium. Obviously, we're not uh, full capacity five thousand people. God, I can't wait for that day, and I can't wait for five thousand people to be in the stadium cheering you guys on. I just want to point that out too. Uh, but but talk to us about you know how how you're you're feeling about the season. And everybody's kind of got their own thoughts and and, and your overall play and if you. How you feel you've been playing, you know, for the past couple for the entire season so far? Yeah, definitely. So I, I think the start of the season was it's obviously difficult because I know a lot of people haven't actually played that much rugby in such a long time. So I think like smaller, smaller things like finishing our opportunities, or especially the first couple of games were pretty disappointing with those um, narrow losses. Uh, which I, I think we definitely could have put away if we just took some more opportunities. But um, but there's a lot of positive coming out of those games into the next games. Making our defense has been really good. Um, it makes it easy when you when you have guys next to you that you know is going to be in that tackle for the whole time. Um, and then coming coming out with back to back wins, I think it's big for the team and everyone's confidence. Uh, which is good, I think, good for the team morale and everyone. Yeah, um, for sure. The uh, definitely not uh, our best games either, but I think we're definitely building on that. And um, if if our team comes together, um, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good season coming ahead. Yeah. And, in terms of my own play, it's obviously been a slow start, getting better by each game. It's one thing, just being changing roles um, does change pretty much a bit of every game, uh, just mm-hmm. settling, into, settling into one specific role. But um, I, I think we've started with, or at least starting to get to know each other as, as players a bit better, and which makes it quite a bit easier and hopefully Hopefully we keep building on from there. It's it's definitely going to be a good season then. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think that, you know, you, you mentioned um, just briefly a minute ago that, you know, we, there maybe not been the best game. One of the things that is has been a standout, obviously, has been your team defense. I mean, we yeah. uh, we have you have, we have the number one team defense in the league. And it's, this is pretty... Uh, it's an interesting um, dichotomy when you have the Giltinis with the number one offense and the Gilgronis yeah. with the number one defense, uh, AGs, whatever. I don't everybody. <laughs> we'll just call it. We'll be fine with that. Nobody cares. Um, but, you know, what do you guys attribute to having that just that solid defense that you guys are working together to that, that you've built really and, and shut down teams who, you know, NOLA is they're a scoring yeah. powerhouse. Um, you know, people are like, oh, NOLA knocked the ball on a lot. I, my personal opinion is it was the pressure defense and you guys attacking that gain line and pushing them back that, that caused that. How is that in practice and how is that for you guys? Have you built that upon that to get better and better and better each week? Uh, yeah, I think we, we really trust our defensive system um, that Coach Sand has put into place. Um, and I think bigger than that, just trust, trusting each other, um, having, um, that attitude of 
actually just making sure to make all those tackles. I think um, <laughs> defense is not something you can, as a, on a personal level, just teach. I think it's a lot of a big thing as of it would be attitude and being the right mindset to if you're on defense um, to trust your defense and making sure you make those tackles. Um, and we really have guys that can 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 do that, like Tom Bailey or basically all the loose forwards, Sebastian or <laughs> almost a <our> whole team. <laughs> you start naming names, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Putting in all those hits, um, it, it definitely makes it easier. Trusting our defensive system makes it um, a lot um, pretty good. And I, th- I think we really feel comfortable on defense. Sometimes I would say too comfortable that um, like we 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 not we don't have to worry about defending. And I think we can keep the ball a bit more in those situations. Yeah. That's, that sounds good. Well, uh, as, as we get close to wrapping up time here, I, I want to kind of, I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions that you may or may not be ready for, uh, somewhat related to the game and somewhat related to other things. So obviously a uh, b- big thing that we've got coming up over the next four, four, ga- four home games, got have youth, youth rugby coming up and, and flag, um, you know, we'll call it flag rugby. So in America, they have flag football. If you weren't playing rugby, which other sport would you want to play? I know what baseball. you're going to say. Baseball. Really? It wouldn't be yeah. golf. You're, I hear you're an uh, avid golfer. Um, I, I mean, Will McGee says he's uh, so much better than you are. Um. <laughs> well, Will, Will is a good player, very consistent. Um, <laughs> he never said that you're bad. I'll just give it to you. <laughs> Take it the best. Uh, between baseball and golf, I think. It's, You're base- Did yeah. you play baseball at all in, in college or in high school? But it's definitely a sport I would love to have okay. like, tried playing. I really enjoy watching it too. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So we got that one. Um, always before each one of the AG matches, there's always a, 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 a band or a solo artist playing. We've got, oh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Emily Wolf is playing this this week. There's a costume contest for rock. Uh, for Rock the Rock of AG's night uh, this weekend, which is if you dress up in costume, you get in for free. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. As far as rock and roll goes, who's your favorite rock artist of all time? Um, I'm, I'm not the biggest mu- music um, person, but um, ooh, tough one. Yeah, that's a t- that's a pretty tough one. I. Maybe Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Or, that's, a, yeah. that's, a, that's a solid. That's a solid answer. I'll, I'll take. Think, I'll take Led Zeppelin. I think you'll have to go with one of the more iconic names. Then. There you go. So you just get, it's because it's an easy win for it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, obviously, rugby is not played year round. Uh, you have other ventures. Uh, what is the best biltong in the entire world, and where can people find it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> this, this, uh, this was also for your your chance to plug your your own bill time that you may out of the out of your house <laughs> definitely in the u.s i would say the rangers built on found found locally here in my house <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hopefully coming soon to a store near you rangers built on yeah, we'll, we'll promote that <laughs> but, um, other than that i, I would I would say any any local butchery in South Africa has always got. got okay, the right so there. so nobody here in the U.S. makes biltong like you do. Okay, well, that's it. Well, yeah. good, good to know. So so yeah. you heard it. You heard it right here on the podcast. Uh, get uh, hopefully soon to an, at an H E B near you will be uh, Rangers biltong. 
uh, done by not only uh, Mr. DeWall here, but also uh, Mr. Robbie Kutze. So, yeah, they've been kind of working together on this. Uh, Robbie says that he's not allowed to cure anything in his house anymore at all because it drips everywhere. Is is your house a mess because of all the, the curing that you're doing? <laughs> um, no, I've got like a separate. <laughs> or like a, we actually, me and Robbie actually built like a, a whole cabinet thing that's pretty well suited for it and <laughs> makes things a little easier <laughs> gotta keep the house clean man so but yeah. hey uh to wrap things up i'll you know always let people kind of give say hey to whoever they want to say hey to so you know as we close out here you know is anybody you want to say shout out to say hello tell them to come to the game any last words of wisdom for for anybody listening and watching no definitely i, I think just shout out to all the the austin supporters i think this weekend is going to be a big one um a lot of my hometown friends um, playing against uh, that's actually playing in Atlanta. So um, it will be a big game for us. And I think um, definitely keeping that momentum going. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, Michael, really appreciate, appreciate appreciate you coming on. Couldn't talk there for a second. That's all right. Um, look forward to, you know, what is it? Another, another 80 minutes this week, you think? You got it in you? Yeah. Gas and tank? All right, man. <laughs> all right. Hey, this this Saturday... Uh, I think uh, what's the door doors open. It's five 30. I think games at seven it should be seven o'clock yeah. KBVO. If you are watching, if you're not even in Austin, you can still watch it on the rugby network. I'd like to thank Michael DeWall for joining us on the podcast. Michael, appreciate it, man. Thanks, Austin. I appreciate it for having me. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Welcome back, everybody. Really appreciate you sticking with us. There's so much to talk about, right? Rugby is just nonstop in Austin right now. It's fantastic. Uh, club teams are back playing. We'll talk about that in a minute. You know, AG's second in, second in the league, second in the West, looking yeah. to keep rocking and rolling. Rock of AG's weekend this, uh, this weekend uh, at Bold Stadium. Uh, kickoff is 7 o'clock. That's always exciting. We want to touch base again. We talked about it last week. And there's news just flowing through, flowing out. And uh, I've been in contact with the leadership group, um, kind of with the Ar Austin Armadillos, so the uh, the rugby league team. Um, remember, if you, if you didn't listen last week, there's a new rugby league. And I mean rugby league as in the code rugby league, um, different from rugby union, which is what the AGs play. So a new professional rugby league team playing in the NARL. That's the Austin Armadillos. Had a chance to sit down and, and chat a little bit with one of the leadership group that's working with them. Um, got some new information from them that we're going to kind of share with you. So there's been, um, you know, there's been some posts on social media that they've had. There's posts on the NARL. There's uh, a lot of stuff going on with them. They're, they're getting ready to start the season in beginning of June or second weekend of June, I think is when they're happening. But if you're a player or you know somebody that's interested, and this goes to really any athlete, um, their goal for the NARL is to, to do a little bit like what the crossover is doing um, in Colorado and to get those uh, those former football players those former guys that are wrestlers who want to continue to play sports who can play at a high level um you know really just any top level athlete that wants to give a shot at rugby um they are going to be doing tryouts in las vegas may 15th and 16th uh their top level contracts 
this is a very surprising and probably news for everybody who's listening. Um, since this podcast is the first podcast ever to cover anything about the NARL. Congratulations, yeah. Alex. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, did it, son. Uh, <laughs> um, but their top level contracts are going up for about $20,000 per contract, which I don't know how that compares to MLR, but that's not, that not too bad from what I understand. Um, again, a new lead to get paid $20,000 for basically part of the year work to go play a little bit of rugby. Um, you can go to any of the West coast club websites to fill out a player registration form. And then this coming week, there's going to be a whole lot of uh, news and information coming out on coaching and player signings for all the West Coast teams. Now, Alex, you may be asking yourself, why all of the West Coast teams? Why all of the West Coast teams? <laughs> Thanks, thank you. That was, that was me pitching it to you. Um, so all, all of the West Coast teams uh, are currently under the a, what, what's basically a local ownership until 2021. So the ownership model that they're having for the Western Conference for the NARL is similar to the MLS and how it's been structured. So the owners buy into um, where owners kind of buy into this main company, um, the NARL, the Western Conference of the NRL, and then they are assigned the assigned management group that they currently have will hand the teams and team controls over to those people. And it's kind of part of an entire league, right? So it's everybody's buying into the league, which is kind of right. a little bit like how MLR is structured. Like you buy into the league, you pay to get into the league. These owners are doing the same thing. The Western Conference really all the teams in the Western conference are currently under one house basically. So it's a house of brands, if you will. Um, and that's pretty exciting. And so as you, as the years continue to go, they've already got interest in all in every city uh, for, for potential new owners. The current ownership group will then be assigned management until a suitable candidate can be found. So if you're, you know, right now, one management group is managing all the different teams in the West Coast from San Francisco to San Diego to Austin to Portland, uh, Phoenix. Uh, and I forgot where the other ones are now, too. Crap. Uh, I'll, I'll remember that and go back and look at it again. Sorry, guys. Um, but, you know, those are kind of the big ones, you know, the big areas right now. But so basically that ownership group owns all of the Western Conference NAR to NARL teams. Um, and you know, I, I'm okay with that. Like it's, it gives a good start to the league. You get a, a year under your belt, you get teams, you get your coach, you get everything you need. Uh, you know, you get a leadership group, a manager group that's kind of doing the right by everyone else. Due to COVID, they are going to be starting 2021 season as that one group. Everybody is going to be in Las Vegas. All Western Conference matches are played in Las Vegas. I don't know about the Eastern Conference matches. I think more information is coming out about that soon. Um, and then in 2022, every, each team will then be moved into their respective markets. So by 2022, we will have two major, major, or sorry, professional rugby teams, <laughs> uh, professional rugby teams in Austin. I'm curious if they'll play at Bold Stadium as well. I, man, I don't know. It would be, it would be interesting. Um, I, I kind of would like to see it happen. I kind of would like to see a partnership with the AGs and, and the rugby league team um, and, and the Dillos. I think it's something that, you know, Mark, you know, Mark played rugby league. Sam Harris played rugby league. As we talked about, a lot of guys have played rugby league before um, the seasons overlap a little bit though, I think. So I don't think we'd ever see AG players playing for 
the Dillos. Um, right. I do know of some former MLR players or you know, MLR players who aren't under contract right now who have been approached by NARL teams, which is pretty exciting. Um, so yeah. that just that's just a quality level. Like guys who have played, it's it's pretty cool to see they're doing that. Um, you know, right now, uh, they're they're just they're working through everything. One of the exciting things they can announce, um, again, a first here from the Austin Rugby Podcast to all of the wonderful NARL and rugby league listeners around the world. Uh, Macron is the official jersey sponsor of the NARL. If you're not familiar with Macron, uh, they are the ones who do Italy's jerseys, which are always classy. I do appreciate those. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if they do uh, where else they do jerseys for, but you know, right off the top of my head. But and they may be big in the in in the rugby league field. So that's the, that's the news we got coming out of the NARL right now. We'll continue to cover it. We'll continue to try to get uh, the ownership group on. And once we know players and coaches and stuff, we'll, we'll have them on too. Like that'll change it up a little bit. Right. Like again, Austin rugby podcast, don't really dictate what code it is. So <laughs> hey, can't say that we weren't with them from the start. Yeah. Right. That we we were the first, <laughs> Uh, that's good. So that's what we got for rugby league news and other exciting local news. Alex, I'm going to let you throw this one out. It's a big week. It's yes, happening. it is. It is, uh, it is Derby day um, for Austin, Texas. We have Austin Huns taking on the Austin Blacks. In years gone past, it would be, you know, D1 versus D1, D2 versus D2, and D3 versus D3. So it'd be a three game slate, but you know, with COVID and not everybody returning to play as quickly, um, it's just going to be uh, two games, um, D1 and D2. Um, it'll be the first time I've played in a live rugby match against another team since last year against the Black um, when, uh, when I did fracture my leg, but <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to throw that out there. I was like, Oh yeah, I fractured yeah. my leg in that match. <laughs> um, like eight minutes in. So eight that was, in, uh, oh, poor guy. The game. but um, yeah. And then also the Austin Valkyries are, you know, hoping to host a tournament. Like I mentioned earlier, they went up to Dallas and swept the Dallas tournament against the North teams. And then I guess must've scared off the South team. Yeah, the South teams are all supposed to come down to Austin for the tournament. And uh, as of now, the Valkyries are the only team signed up. So that's a little disappointing. And hopefully maybe there's just, you know, some last minute hurdles teams have to jump through to sign up. Um, But if everything goes, if everything goes to plan, we'll have, you know, Huns Youth Rugby in the morning uh, at Nixon Lane, followed by the Huns Blacks and then uh, Valkyries. Um, and then uh, hopefully everyone will head over to Bold Stadium. Yeah, now that's and that's a that's a day full of amazing rugby in Austin. Nine to twelve on that on the youth uh, Huns youth. If you're if you're listening and watching, um, that'll be it'll be good times. Looking forward to looking forward to that. Man, it's a Blacks and Huns is always a great game. Like last yeah. last year, I mean the games were closed. So you know, I, I think. You know, I, I am, I am the middleman. I am the outsider. I don't, I'm not a part of either team, so I can give my unbiased opinion. I felt as though last year from the previous years, like I really saw the big improvement from the Huns um, and getting back up to the level that they were, you know, leading up to the, uh, to the elite days. And then, you know, I, I 
again, you guys had the lead for you know most of the most of the matches in some of those, and just kind of lost it at the end. But I think after watching both teams play rugby HTX, uh, the controversy that is the, uh, yeah, the, right. the Blacks HTX game. Oh my goodness! Oh, I was wondering if you would touch it. <laughs> I I don't know if I want to touch it. That's man. That's I've seen some potent posts on uh, on not even social really. media. To be honest, it's really not even a controversy. If you watch the game, the flags clearly won. Yeah, the they, they, flags went up. And somebody's like, oh, only one flag went up in both of them. I was like, I kind of saw both people raise their flags. Like, Anyway, it's a friendly. It Honestly, it doesn't matter. It's a good game. Like they both played well. You guys, you guys went one. You guys split your your series with HTX, I believe, as well. Um, so it'll be, you know, I think it'll be a good game. You guys have one more played game under your belts uh than doubt than uh than uh than the blacks do i think so you guys have played two and they've played one um who knows we may see more throughout you know throughout the rest of the spring and into the summertime you know now that we're all trying to just get back to play so i'm right. excited what time's that kickoff for that d1 game you know oh, i should know this. <laughs> know this two o'clock he plays fingers up he plays and doesn't know what time it's done. Come on, guys. Yeah. But hey, maybe the Valks, maybe the Valks, they can have an inner squad scrimmage or something if they, if nobody else comes out to play. Yeah, that's what I was, I was wondering. They've got like 20 players um, that want to play this weekend. So. Play, some, play some tens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be an exciting week, right? You know, obviously a lot of stuff going on. Austin rugby continues to thrive. You know, there, there's more and more things that are happening constantly uh you can see the changes that's happening in the community the uh, we're just getting more people out to games hopefully you know one mm-hmm. more people get vaccinated and everything it's man i i just i want to see the day just like i said with michael uh, i want to see the day where we get five thousand people out to a match and just pack bold stadium um yeah you know i want to see that travel going from you know the derby match and just caravan down Right. outside where we don't have to worry about COVID and everything else and have a good time right. <laughs> out on the pitch. I think that our, you know, attendance is more than tripled oh, previous. Yeah. yeah. Um, Especially last year. <laughs> I think it's just people that are going that are, it feels like, you know, we're all kind of getting into a rhythm and it helps that the team's playing better of like, of course, like that's, almost just like that's what people are doing on the weekend. Like you go into the game, you know, like it's, it's a big event. Um, and the experience has been awesome. I think yeah, they, the they've quality, really quality of play experience, everything that's surrounding it, yeah. all the good things. And we even, we haven't even had a supporters group tailgate. Like that's the big thing. Like people are asking me, it's like, man, we miss tailgates where, you know, like when Zappa did a giant crawfish boil, we were out for, you know, you know, three hours ahead of time and drinking beers and having a good time um, and doing a live, a live show, a live pregame show yeah. that we haven't done at all this season. Um, we were the first team to ever do that, by the way, the first supporters group. Uh, so it's exciting. You know, we'll wrap it up on two things. I want you to let us know what your prediction. Let's, let's get our predictions in for the, for the game on Saturday. What's the score. I won't make you do a Huns blacks prediction. <laughs> I'm going to go with the, um, AGs, I think, I think again, I, um, it's going to be a similar story to last week. I think we jump up early, uh, but I don't think that it's ever going to be more than a seven point buffer between the two teams. I think it's going to be really close, uh, all the way through. Um, I'll, 
you know, I don't want to, you know, pick against family, but I just, I, I can't not pick the AGs. I think that we're going to take it. Uh, I think this will be our, uh, one of our higher scoring games of the year, actually. I think we're going to win 27 to 24. Mm, okay. Yeah, I was, I was kind of going that way too. I think we're, uh, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think the way the defense have played, like they're both going to play well. I don't know if we're going to score that many points. I'm just kind of going off averages. So I'm going to go 25, 20. Okay. That's going, to, that's going to be, they're going to, there's going to be a couple conversions, a couple, uh, you know, a couple penalty goals. I think we're just going to pull out. Actually, you know what? Let me, I got to check the weather. That's actually going to, that's going it's, to play a factor. It's score. going to be 60. Uh, well, game, kickoff time should be 64 and partly cloudy or mostly cloudy. It's going to be cooler. It's going to be a good, dry it's going to be a good rugby mat. Yeah. Dry. Well, it hasn't well, rained, I, hasn't I, rained I, for the past. Yeah. Yeah. I stand by my score. Yeah, exactly. You got to change it up. If it rains, I put it with our forward pack then. I put that score way down. <laughs> I think we get the ball out to Connor Mooneyham. I think Mooneyham gets his first try this season this week. Yeah, I do too. I think he does. I think he breaks through. Um, yeah. Hey, Alex, did you know that yesterday was the official launch day of the Gilgroniac clothing line? I did. I did. And Exciting. I got paid today. And uh, I can look into the uh, to store. T- t-shirts, t-shirts, tank tops, and all the good things on the the rugby shop.com slash austin supporters group austin i think it's austin supporters group uh good stuff on there the great thing about this we talked about it a couple of weeks ago we're doing it 100 percent of the proceeds go to we are te- we're texas the just keep living foundation helping families and rugby families to point out like I, this is a key thing i mean families and rugby families around texas who are impacted by the winter weather people are still hurting from that we know some personally and we we, you know, our thoughts are prayers are with you. Um, you can keep on working through it. Um, there is, there's a great thing. It's, it's a great thing. Hey, somebody like, Oh, it didn't have AG stuff on it. I was like, we did not want to put AG stuff on it because we did not want to infringe on copyrights. And we did get approval from the AGs. They are 100% supportive of this. They love the Gilgroniacs. Um, you know, it's good stuff. And also, uh, you can, if you can find it, I think it may be sold out, but you can go get, you go look for Mooney shine. Uh, out there for you know Connor Money Ham's own moonshine. That's Mooney Shine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay tuned tomorrow. There may be another uh, beverage that launches by the <clears throat> by the Gilgroniacs. So <laughs> just uh, stay tuned to social media. You never know what, what you're going to see on there. <laughs> uh, if you're uh, if you want to follow us on social media, go to Austin Rugby Supporters on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, oh, always good stuff, man. Love chatting rugby with you, Alex. It's going to be a big week. Hopefully we're, yeah. we're sitting down again at the same time next week and talking about three wins in a row for the first time in Austin franchise history. Good stuff, yeah? Let's get it done, boys. Let's get it done. For Alex Reese, I'm Dustin Zare. Thanks for listening watching the Austin Rugby Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you on the pitch.